In 2016, the British people withdrew their consent to be governed, in part, by the European Union. They also withdrew their support for a broken immigration system. We, therefore, have a democratic mandate and imperative to fix it. In addition to seeking to fix the broken system, we also have a responsibility to dispel many of the false myths and assertions around this issue. Some still deny that immigration could ever be excessive, inanely claiming that it's only ever a question of adequate investment. This is to deny reality. People across the country do not want their communities and way of life to change beyond recognition. And yet, acknowledging this is not to be anti-immigration. Neither I, the Prime Minister, or our great country are anti-immigration. And to those who say that I am, they are wrong. As Home Secretary, my number one priority is the safety of the British public. Security is at the very heart of our new plan for immigration. This year, we will end the use of insecure ID cards for people to enter our country. And we will apply tougher UK criminality rules. We are working on further reforms, including electronic travel authorizations as part of a simpler and more secure universal permissions to travel. Our new plan will make it easier to identify potential threats before they reach the border through targeted and more effective interventions from coordinated multi-agency operations. Our new fully digital border will provide the ability to count people in and count people out of the country. We will have a far clearer picture of who is here and whether they should be, and we will act when they are not. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. leftover this is arjun and i'm rory thinking about desmond indeed uh, as we have uh, a bit of a an uncanny tendency as, as some of our listeners may have noticed of being just like one step ahead of the news cycle uh just a couple <laughs> of days after the release of our last episode um which was on the politics of south africa especially post 1994 uh, we got the the very sad news of the passing of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, uh, of course, uh, and, you know one of one of the titans of the anti-apartheid movement, uh, and a champion of uh, civil rights around the world. I don't I don't know about you guys, but like I, the the reaction to his death. I mean, it on the one hand feels really predictable and off its moment right now, but on the other hand, also like. Really, like because because of course the 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 discourse 
uh, over here is, has, has not been about him or about South Africa, but it's rather been about uh, how he was, in fact, an anti-Semite because he believed that Palestinians were people and, and deserved rights. <laughs> it started off as a kind of unsatisfying, you know, really like broad, wishy-washy language. Mm -hmm. Like he was a civil rights leader, yeah. a freedom fighter, without really going into the specifics of it. <laughs> and But then... Ultimately, you do have to dive in, and and it did end up with people accusing him of being an anti-Semite, which is unhinged. Yeah, and just really sort of doubling down on that as well. And um, yeah, I like. I mean, it just feels like such a, a an exact consequence of the world that we're seeing post twenty nineteen, and and the sort of the the, the yeah. increasingly unhinged discourse that we're seeing around race, and, and obviously, uh, you know. It, especially in the UK. I mean, it, it, this discourse isn't just confined to like really crazy bullshit, bullshit takes on Twitter and on, you know, the front page news. Uh, it also results in things like the, the topic of our discussion today, which is, which is of course the nationality and borders bill uh, as we, you know, uh, take, you know, comfortable uh, steps into our, uh, into our descent into fascism. Uh, and, and here to discuss mm -hmm. it with us, very special guest, uh, editor in chief of Media Diversified, Marcus Daniel. Thank you so much for joining, Marcus. Uh, how are you doing? Hello. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well and uh, recovering from Christmas and avoiding Omicron. Yes. Yep. <laughs> very, very wisely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Uh, and, and, and a happy Christmas to, to yourself and to all of our listeners and to all the rest of the, or rather, happy holidays because we here at Leftover are firm firm fighters uh, in the war on Christmas, you know, veterans, in fact. <laughs> ha ha happy winter. <laughs> exactly. <You're... laughs> but um... no, we're, we're more kind of ironically trad cath on this podcast. <laughs> we go hard on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Go hard on the, cool. uh, on, on the papal imagery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the nationality and borders bill. It's uh, it's 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 pretty fucked, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. Um, where, where, where do we even begin with it, really? <laughs> um, so about about five million people, five six million people, all of a sudden their citizenship, their right to be in this country is is contingent on obeying a set of ever-expanding laws in this increasingly authoritarian country. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely not good. I think, what was it? I think uh, two and five. Um, so the New Statesman did like the, the sort of the main study that I think a lot of people are basing their statistics off of right now, um, which they, they took census yep. data and they sort of cross-referenced it with like ONS uh, statistics. Uh, and they estimated that basically like two in five nationals from, I believe, two, two in five black and brown people in this country basically would be eligible yeah. for deportation. So this doesn't just include, you know, because because like I think it, I think it's important to clarify here, you know, like like Britain has had the right to strip the citizenship of dual national uh, dual nationals. Um, uh, for, for for quite a long time. I mean, especially since two thousand and six. So after the seven seven yeah. bombings, the labor the new Labour government at that point introduced a bunch of you know counter terrorism measures, uh, and and among them was the right to uh, strip dual nationality uh, dual nationals of their British citizenship. Um, but 
the the way that these powers have been expanded over the last few years, especially under Theresa May's tenure as Home Secretary, uh, I mean, it, it almost became yeah. like a a matter of sort of making an example, really, you know, um, like yeah. like really just just making a statement that this is what we are going to center our entire sort of political platform around. You know, it was like a declaration yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I don't know, Marcus. What, what do you think uh, about like the the road to this bill um, and and sort of how we got to this point? Well, I think the road to this bill means that we should be asking questions as to why there's been such a silence as yeah. to the way this has happened. Mm-hmm. This bill brings in the right for the Home Secretary to strip citizenship without notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, as you say, a further expansion of powers mm-hmm. around rules that already existed and have existed for quite some time. Exactly. And I think the issue here is that, as ever, the media has created bogeyman. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons the law came in in the first place was so that they could deport Abu Hamza, mm-hmm. who I think most people know was a, I think the word notorious was already used <laughs> about him, notorious Abu Hamza. Well, I mean, having, but, having hooks for hands is a pretty easy way <laughs> to yeah. get the, the word notorious. Yeah. So, so it was, he became a caricature hate figure. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of ableism in that, isn't there, as well? He's disabled. Sure, sure. He was claiming benefits, which, of course, caused further headlines in the tabloids as to how many benefits he was claiming, etc. But the thing about Abu Hamza, reprehensible individual, I think we'd all agree. Hate preacher, anti-Semitic, homophobic, um, supporting all kinds of terrible people. But the thing is, he was a British citizen. Mm -hmm. And there's this tabloid fervor about we need to get rid of him, we need to get rid of him. And I think what this has led to is if you think about Abu Hamza, is so Labour brought in laws, especially, especially after, after the 7 7 bombings, to strip citizenship from people who committed heinous crimes. However, the wording, if you look back at it, is extremely vague. Yeah. It's there's words such as detrimental to the interest of the United Kingdom. I think the wording is, you can check the exact wording. And I think at the moment it is, is it conducive to the public good? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, something about like uh, in in the interest of national interest. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, National, National security is famously the kind of catch-all term. Exactly. That could just mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Just, whatever, yeah. just improvise, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. So that is, you know, it's not specifically saying this person is a terrorist, mm-hmm. this person is on this. Exactly. It, it is vague and purposely vague. Exactly. And, and that's the frightening thing about it. And if you look back at the history, there's a great article that is definitely worth reading um, about the the history of the this power. It's on freemovement.org.uk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google it. The article is called 
how is the government using its increased powers to strip British people of their citizenship? Yeah. So if you Google that, that's probably a good one to read. And it gives you the history of how we got to this point. One of the milestones was that Theresa May, she increased use of this power exponentially. Yeah. And, and this is where the danger lies. So first we have one character, bogey character, that the tabloids are drumming up, beating the drums, saying we need to deport this person. The Labour government, shamefully, a Labour government. Uh, and, and, and this is why I think this is doubly scary, uh, because you know, it makes you think, well, will a future Labour government repeal this? Mm -hmm. and, I, and my betting is no. Not, not, no not, not under the Keir Starmer, it definitely won't. <laughs> well, Absol well, David, David not. Blunkett's back in now, isn't he? He was but, one of the people, um, he was one of the architects of a lot of this stuff, that, that, yeah. that new Labour government, yeah. and David Blunkett, yeah. especially as Home Secretary. We'll discuss David Blunkett, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah we'll, I'm sure. David Blunkett, I think, you know, <laughs> you know, people like to think about the, the good things about New Labour. They like to think about, oh, we had civil partnerships and I had my civil partnerships. That's all well and good. Yes, NHS had more funding, um, sure start centres, etc. But people tend to forget what David Blunkett got up to. <laughs> Right, I, 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 it's, it's only a Google away. Yeah. Well, he was in that. Uh, he was in that recent Queen documentary when he was uh, saying Freddie Mercury's living. Uh, a, a, I can't remember the words he said. It was like a. Oh yeah, um, it's his, it's his, it's his lifestyle or something like that. Just like yeah, it's something about his lifestyle in uh, in, in yeah. Parliament, Un I think. Right, an unacceptable lifestyle or something. Yeah, unacceptable yeah, lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just a, hor a horrendous man. <laughs> just full stop. <laughs> yeah. So, so David Blunkett, no, this is only a Google away, okay? You know, there are news stories from the early 2000s online where David Blunkett is colluding with newspapers such as The Sun to drum up hate about people seeking asylum. Yeah. And if you just Google it, David Blunkett was awful. And, and this is how New Labour appealed to the right. At the moment, we've got Keir Starmer appealing to mythical Red Wall voters mm -hmm. and doing that from the right and shifting to the right of the Conservative Party. Uh, but that's not new. And the way we may have had free movements while we were in the U EU, and, but at the same time, the way that New Labour tried to appeal to the right wing uh, was by demonising people seeking asylum. And, and that and that is that is on the record. This is absolutely nothing new. It's not new since the Tories uh, got in, and mm -hmm. it really is a shameful record. And people need reminding that Yarls Wood, the notorious detention centre yeah. for you know asylum seekers, was open under a Labour government. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I think people need to think very carefully. I, I think this is why. You know, my colleague Sam is campaigning so hard on this, is the Labour Party are not going to save us on this point. And especially as from what we've seen, Keir Starmer has been very quiet on this. And I think Keir Starmer's strategy is to avoid what he sees as culture war issues. And, and, and he hasn't even been quiet on it. I mean, when he's spoken up about it, like I said, he's actually yeah. demanded that the Tories 
get a grip. You know, he's demanded that the Tories, uh, yeah. you know, do more about the so-called crisis in the channel. And yeah, I mean, there is a crisis, but it's for the people that are crossing. It's not for the fucking British yeah. state. Like, like no. it's, it's absolutely not, you know? Like, Britain is one of the richest countries in the world. This this doesn't need to be, to, to have to be repeated. But like, um, but but it's, it's, it's all about this framing, right? And and like you were saying, you know, when, when it comes to, the, the way that we got to this point and the groundwork that um, that the New Labour government, you know, from 97 to 2010 uh, put in place, you know, like like I said, this is stuff that we've we've discussed in previous episodes as well. And it's, and especially, you know, I mean, it, it you know, we, we can link that episode when we put this one out as well. But like it, it goes back to this uh, uh, white paper in particular in 1998. Uh, called Fairer, Faster and Firmer, A Modern Approach to Immigration and Asylum. And this sort of led to a series of um, a series of reforms to the immigration system uh, and, and, and a constant sort of a, a constant uh, element of this that, like you were saying, you know, is, is on the one hand uh, colluding with the press. So like Alistair Campbell, you know, like someone who will now sort of like tries is like rehabilitating himself as like some sort of spokesperson for human rights or something which is just just insane to me uh you know it was like and and like david blunkett you know like they were they were intentionally like uh drumming up uh anti-immigrant sentiment in the in the tabloids and also you know setting things like uh immigration targets you know like this is stuff that was basically expanded upon by the coalition government and then the just yeah. the, the conservative government um and and what sort of like really laid the groundwork for for the windrush scandal and 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 the thing is like similar to the windrush scandal you know like it was a scandal when the papers came out in 2017 you know and and similar to this like this is you know like now there's a a, a huge outcry about you know this uh uh, the, the, you know, deportations and 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 stripping of citizenship and, and and so on, and and the whole asylum system and and how fucked it is and how racist it is. People are people are suddenly talking about it. You know, the government, the, the Guardian is is you know like publishing pieces about this now. You know, but like when it actually came down to uh, making sure that this government couldn't be in place to actually enact this stuff, especially back in twenty nineteen, all of these same people they absolutely fucking <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> What absolutely enrages me is the fact that the Windrush scandal, it was 2018, we had an election in 2019, people were still fighting for compensation and being terrorised further yeah. in their fight for compensation, and this was barely a blip in the election discourse. Exactly. Which, to me, it, it was disgusting. You know, there was a massive discussion about anti-Semitism uh, in the Labour Party, I think you know, when it was pointed out, well, okay, um, let's discuss racism. You know, there was accusations of what about racism. We're not trying to diminish what happened, you know, in the Labour Party, but you know, it became extremely toxic to talk about, especially on Twitter, to talk about racism in general. And there's that that famous Ad Adam Wagner tweet that that Windrush is just another way of saying all lives matter or something like that. Uh, when it comes to yeah, Windrush, is a response to anti-Semitism, and it's just one of the just one of the most yeah. disgusting things that that I, I don't know. It, it, it was it was completely disgusting, and 
that's what that's what it felt like that that guy's one of the most senior human rights lawyers in the uk isn't he he's, he's a human <laughs> rights lawyer you know and we're not, we're not gonna get him for libel he's still on his it's still on his twitter feed right he's still there i think yeah 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 it. um and 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 like uh you know what, what i was trying to say earlier as well is the fact that you know like it became, you know, like the Windrush scandal became a scandal after the papers leaked, but this had been happening for years. And similar to, to like, yeah. um, sim- similar to, you know, like the um, stripping of citizenship, uh, you know, like in 2017 alone, I think 104 British nationals were stripped of their citizenship. These these powers have been increasing mm. under the, the Conservative government. And, and like, even though the British government has actually reserved these rights for a long time. And many countries, in fact, uh, you know, have had like, you know, reserved these rights for a long time. A lot of countries d- didn't really do it, especially, you know, because because it's something that the Nazis did quite a lot of, you know, and it's, it's you know, like not really something that you want to like, you know, have, have in common with them, maybe. I don't know. Uh, like the, 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 the whole sort of yeah. uh, em- <laughs> like, the, like the whole sort of em- emphasis on citizenship generally, like, you know, Hannah Arendt famously said that, you uh, you know, having having citizenship is the right to have rights, you know, and so like any yeah. any fascist government that you're going to see uh, that there is going to be this emphasis on citizenship. And it's something that you're seeing, like, for example, in India as well. You've got the, the Citizenship Amendment Act, you know, which is like race laws, <laughs> basically, you know, it's denying citizenship to yeah. like uh, to, to, to Muslims. And that that's that constitutes like like more than 150 million people in the country you know um yeah. and and so like this is this is the shit that like genuinely lays the groundwork for ethnic cleansing and genocide and like it's it's not even yeah. being dramatic just to say it in those terms you know because that's that's literally what it fucking is i think what um what really riles me about the citizenship debate in this country is there's there's such a focus on sort of the benefits versus liabilities of people in this country while expecting mostly third world countries to pick up the tab and sort of house the uh, the problematic ones which we kick out it's almost as if like the third world is expected to be a kind of prison and we're we're so, we're we're sort of a, a reward in this country. It's um it they set up a very clear dichotomy in that sense. You saw it with the Shamima Begum case, or 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 uh, or, or even what? in the fact that like David Cameron went to Jamaica to like build a prison there to deport people to. Like, yeah. Oh my exactly. god. <laughs> That's not a metaphor. I mean, like, we are, and very also they, did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's 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 very interesting, you know. It, you know, that's how granular you can go down is that, you know, there is anti-Black Caribbean sentiment. Uh, but within that, also, Jamaicans um, probably get the worst end, you know, of the of the deal because it's the most populous Caribbean group in the UK. And David Cameron, yeah, he was, he was in Barbados, was he? In Trinidad, it, it was Jamaica. It, it was Jamaica, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's it's you know it's even it's, it's that's how granular yeah, it gets yeah. is that the it's like anti-Jamaican sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's old stories about yardies. And so exactly. On. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it you know that's how you know, sometimes our discussions of racism are quite top level, aren't they? But that's how deep you can get into yeah. it. <laughs> um, and and we, we can talk about the race disparities report. Uh, maybe we should mention that as well, which came out last year, uh, headed by Trevor Phillips. Oh yeah, and mm. it, 
it was completely denying, you know, race in the UK, but at a very granular level, it was completely attacking black Caribbean people in particular. Well, the Sewell report, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the Sewell yeah, report. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it was <laughs> I mean, just, black Caribbean Like, it, it, black... it reads, like, the Sewell report reads like a, a, a spiked online uh, think piece. You know, like, yeah, it, it yeah. really, but it's a government report. Like, I mean, you're going to see, like, the most bog standard old school racist arguments like about absent black fathers and shit like that. And like, this isn't a fucking government document, you know, like, I mean, it's like explaining right, the, the differences in outcome because of, you know, co- differences in culture. <laughs> it's just like insane. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, there's, there's a whole section, which is basically like a forum post on 4chan, which is like, what if like there was racism against white people in this country? What about that? It's like, it just kind of, goes off yeah i mean i i, I, I didn't read the whole and the response was you haven't read it but you know i i read enough yeah i mean i, yeah, I didn't I, read the I, entire I, thing but i, I read a, i read like a good like, good portion of it we did an episode yeah, of it as well like, i was like i was like <laughs> does it suddenly get woke halfway through or something <laughs> i don't think it's going to is it anyway uh but yeah i mean yeah leading back to what we're saying about the whole citizenship is that Priti Patel has actually said British citizenship is a privilege and not a right. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres, yeah, I pronounce his name right? Yep. He, he sort of shot back in a tweet and said, no, 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 citizenship is a right, <laughs> not a privilege. <laughs> he completely contradicts that. Right. <laughs> and there's this whole thing about it goes to British exceptionalism as well. It's yeah, oh, to, yeah, be Bri- to be British is yeah, is a privilege, exactly. right? And if if you go and look back at the yeah, the history of this, when you look up the history of citizenship being stripped, it was used very rarely. Yeah. Until Theresa May became Home Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know if you saw, but I did have a quite a, well, it wasn't an argument, but there was a commentator saying that it was delusional to call Theresa May racist. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. Very, very well recorded right. from the timeline. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Now, I don't understand how you can you know, commit so many acts that are clearly detrimental to black and brown people and not be and and oh no she's not racist it was like well what else does she have i mean that's just this like weird lib obsession with like decorum you know in politics right and like decorum yeah and and like about like formalities about this stuff like uh, or you know like you can't in 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 the house you know you can't insult the prime minister in the house you know then you must be you know like when what was it dennis skinner called uh, david cameron dodgy dave (laughs) he got asked yeah dodgy And, and people say, "Oh yeah, the racism word is, th- is is thrown around too much." Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's used enough, right? And and people don't seem to know what it is, especially when it comes down to structural racism. We've got this big debate about critical race theory in in schools at the moment, and and. None of There's these people have response. a fucking clue of what critical race theory is. Like, it's a very no. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't studied it in detail. I barely right? understand. Okay? Like, it's a very specific uh, thing. Yeah. Like, that comes from like the field of like yeah. legal studies in America. Like, from from what it's, I understand, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So I have studied it. I do not profess to be an expert. But the liberal response to that was, oh, no, we're not teaching kids critical race theory in school. But when I sort of, you know, delved into it a little bit more, I thought, oh, what, what kids should be learning about this? <laughs> what do you mean we should be teaching them? <laughs> you know, this is like, this is fundamental stuff about how, how our society works. Of course kids should know about it. So uh, anyway. Uh, I, I always found it funny, like so many right-wing people confuse it with critical theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you get people on Twitter who've said like, oh, I read this whole this whole book, like Horkheimer and Adorno, the dialectic <laughs> of enlightenment. Like, is this what you want to teach our kids? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five, get really bogged down. And... Five-year-olds being, <laughs> yeah. being taught Adorno, I think. Uh, I mean, that that is actually child abuse. <laughs> like that I would not want any <laughs> child to have to go through <laughs> but um yeah i mean like th- th- yeah. there's this um i mean you know like w- when it comes to uh you know uh the discussion around race you know like there's obviously like just a sort of rampant anti-intellectualism involved right and and like like you were saying you know mm. when, when it comes to this uh the Sewell report which was you know the government sort of rubber stamping this thing to say like look this is us saying that institutional racism doesn't exist, you know, like, and, and like, despite mm. the hundreds of other contradicting reports, which have actually done serious, you know, any level of actual analysis or uh, any level of actual study uh, would, you know, contradict this. Uh, despite that, this is the government stamped official report saying racism doesn't exist. Um, you know, but, uh, when it comes to like this bill in particular, right? I mean, this is something that again, like, like people have been sort of people people on the left have been talking about this for a long time, and and one of the biggest, you know, canaries in the coal mine, uh, really is in 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 this particular context was of course the case of Shamima Begum, as Rory was talking about earlier, and 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 that was really yeah. like the point at which I mean, it, it's a very difficult, it's a, it's a very you know complicated situation obviously but at the same time it's really not that complicated in the sense that like she was a british citizen (laughs) she'd never been to bangladesh she was groomed in britain and at the age of 15 in in 2015 she fled the country to join isis and in 2019 when she wanted to come back uh when she ran away she was not allowed entry back into the country and she was stripped of her citizenship and she ended up having to stay in the in, in the refugee camp uh she lost she she had three children and she lost them all uh and yeah. the, like the way that she kind of like it, it was just an absolutely horrendous situation i, I mean like the way that like she was yeah. turned into like this right-wing meme basically you know like i mean it was really like something that yeah. was actually like shared a lot on like right-wing yeah sites and stuff it's like not that. a um, it's not a complicated case but it is morally nuanced of course morally it's a med- very nuanced nuanced situation in a in a media ecosystem which looks for kind of marvel superheroes and villains and rejects any kind of any yeah. sort of shades of gray it's it became a hot topic and extremely polarizing i mean she is simultaneously a victim of horrific, you know, sexual grooming as a child and obviously a villain. I mean, she believed a a pretty horrific ideology and went to enact it. And also, as probably most importantly, she was made an example of. She was used as this horrific precedent. They stripped her of her citizenship despite despite the fact that she didn't have any other citizenship. And, uh, And a lot of people at the time pointed it out and said... 
you know, this is going to become the norm. This is a horrific precedent that will be abused. And mm. as always, they just get condescended, you know, by the, the very sensible saying, oh, no, no, what, what do you do you like Shamima Begum? Is it, do you agree with her? It's, uh... then, you're, then, you're, then, you're, then you're a terror sympathizer. You're a terrorist. Yeah, lover. yeah, yeah. A- any attempt to, yeah, make a, do a structured analysis or any kind of talk about the wider implications of this is immediately shot down. And that's to the benefit of the government which is implementing it it's not it's not scrutinized in any way and then that ultimately leads up to the situation where we've got this bill going through which uh make could make uh, what happened to her systematic so anyone uh not just going to join a terrorist cult but maybe just breaks the lockdown law or something like that you know like what the government were doing every day over last christmas anything like that is your your livelihood and your your citizenship of this country is completely contingent on the whims of a government. That is very dangerous. You know, on Media Diversified, we wrote an article, well, we commissioned an article at the time yeah. about Shamima Begum. I think some of it was in a response to the fact that there were some, there were some liberals who were actually supporting the view that she shouldn't be allowed back in the country yeah. and should be stripped of her citizenship. I think there was an article... I think Grace Dent wrote it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to check that afterwards. That <laughs> um, saying, yeah, if, if that's what she decided to do, she shouldn't be allowed back. Uh-huh. And we wrote an article saying, well, the heading of the article is the revoking of Shmuel Begum citizenship sets a worrying precedent for the children of immigrants. Yeah. And here, and here we are. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think also before Shmuel Begum. We had Theresa May in the Home Office. She was busy with her hostile environment. Yeah. She was busy sending go-home vans into majority people of colour areas. Yeah. Uh, she implemented the policies that led to the Windrush scandal. You know, I think recently we've been talking about uh, Britain is not a show-your-papers country. Well, yes, it is. Uh, and... Theresa May made it so that to get a job, to get housing, and also to get healthcare. There's been some horrendous stories of people being refused healthcare because of her hostile environment policies. And then we've had the whole Windrush scandal where people died. And I don't think, you know, I don't think there's been enough understanding that she terrorised and deported people to their deaths. Yeah. And that's what enrages me, being, you know, when my mum is the on the Windows generation. Yeah. She is from Barbados and is a nurse mm-hmm. from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I can think if someone terrorised my mother in that mm-hmm. way, luckily, you know, she, you know, she had a British passport, mm-hmm. she was fine. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I just think there's a bit of a, a blind spot between understanding that, you know, th- th- this is not, you know, West Indian immigrants. This is this is my mum mm-hmm. and people like mm-hmm. her and her mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and they're elderly. They're in their sixties and seventies and eighties exactly. now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were sent back when they sort of hadn't been there in like sixty years, like since they were a child. Yeah, and they had literally like yeah. no one there or anything like that. Just like just yeah. just some of the the most horrific stories, honestly. 
It's um, it's especially yeah. galling because a key talking point of sort of cry laugh emoji don't like it there's the door Twitter is that you know they try and create this division between hardworking Brits who've mm. worked all their lives versus migrants. Mm. But in this case, it was people who'd worked in this country for fifty years who built up a pension, probably might mm. own a house, you know, all of that, grown all of these roots, and still it didn't matter at the end. You could just instantly nope. get kicked out. It's <laughs> it's it's such a stark departure from what what anyone could consider fair in this country. And I think with yeah. with Shamima Begum's case as well, something I want to just just add really briefly that like what what made it such a worrying precedent is two things in specific, you know, because like like you were saying, you know, the government has reserved the rights to strip the nationality of dual nationals, uh, and um, you know, and and those powers had been expanded over over years before that, and other people this had actually happened to other people already before, but a couple of things yeah. is that firstly, Shamima Begum, as I mentioned, was a British national; she was born in Britain. Um, she'd never she'd mm. never been to Bangladesh, um, and yeah. so this means that suddenly now the government can strip the nationality of a British national. And previously, it's it's like what it hinged on was as long as this wouldn't make someone else stateless, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and this is why the current law, uh, you know, applies to black and brown people and not, uh, or rather, I should say, you know, people of color rather than. Uh, uh, rather than white people is because for people of color like either first or second generation migrants you know like their parents if they were born foreign nationals then that means that the british government is making an assumption in that case oftentimes they are literally just making an assumption in some cases yeah governments do recognize the citizenship but in the case of shamim megan yeah. for example the government literally just made the assumption oh no but because her parents were bangladeshi She's, she she'll get Bangladeshi citizenship. Now, I don't know if you know, but we literally did an episode about Bangladesh a couple of episodes ago. And the Bangladesh government mm. does not like Islamic fundamentalists very much at all. No. If she went no. back to Bangladesh, she would face the death penalty straight up. And so this is yeah. essentially the British government trying to get the Bangladeshi government to do their dirty work for them. It, like they would give her the yeah. death penalty if it could, if they could to, um, you know, appease the cry laugh emoji Twitter. Like you were saying, you know, but like, th like this is the next best alternative for them, you know. So like, that's one uh, of the most worrying precedents about this. And the second is, um, and this is what happened uh, at the beginning of twenty twenty one, in February twenty twenty one, is that the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Home Office's decision not to allow her back into the country to appeal her decision. So this essentially yep. leaves the door open to a complete loss of any, you know like fair legal process you know and 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 this is this is basically mm. what allows the government to um invoke these rights in uh you know without warning like you were saying you know like that mm. and and uh if if once again if they deem it in national interest to do so so they can they are basically giving themselves giving themselves the rights to uh put a fucking bag over your head and shuffle you into the back of a van yeah. if they if they if they want and and it will be fully fucking legal um and you know and 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 obviously this is exactly what we are seeing. Like this, these are the exact concerns that were brought up by legal experts, by you know, activists, by just anyone with like two fucking brain cells to rub together. Uh, um, you know, when when the Shamim Begum case happened, uh, and and of course this is exactly the stuff that is now being written into the Nationality and Borders Bill, uh, and um, yeah. so. 
Yeah, like it's it's a really fucking worrying situation full stop, you know, because essentially it kind of like told everyone that 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 no one is safe, <laughs> you know? Um yeah. or rather especially for for, yeah. for for POCs in this country, you know, like just just to tell us that you yeah. know, like know your place, tread carefully, step out of line and this can happen to you. Who's being targeted for this? So I think Shuma Begum, that was um Stadid Javid was home yeah. secretary at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, it was him. And he, he made that decision, didn't yeah. he? Uh, but before then, Theresa May, she decided, um, you remember there was a horrendous case about child abuse uh, in Rochdale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, some of the perpetrators were dual nationals. With Pakistan, mm-hmm. yeah. And yes, Pakistan. And Theresa May decided she was going to strip them of their citizenship. Uh-huh. Uh, because they were they were they were dual nationals. Now, you know, there have been other cases of horrendous child abuse wings. You know, these are you know heinous people. We are not, you know, trying to defend these people, are we? Uh, they were found guilty, but we've seen in the past since 2016, lots of people suddenly discover their Irish grandmas. <laughs> lots of white people. Yeah. Let's face it, they have, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> Right. They found out their yeah they they found out their Irish roots okay reconnected right now 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 yeah they've reconnected the Irish roots and suddenly got an Irish passport now where I'm going with this is if Theresa May saw white people doing a similar crime would she then go oh they're an Irish dual national we're going to deport them <laughs> I think you know. And I think this is where the structural racism bit is what we need to talk about is because the way people are treated by these systems is entirely differently if you are from Pakistan or Bangladesh or from Jamaica (laughs) than if you are from a European country. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, I think there's enough evidence to support it because all these cases we are seeing is... You know, black and brown people, yeah. yes, being convicted of heinous crimes. However, why, you know, and now we've got this situation where after Shamira Begum, they are saying that if you have the opportunity to become citizen of another country, then it can be taken away. Um, and, you know, that, that would apply to me, right? So Barbados, I could probably get a passport for Barbados quite easily uh, through descent because you're eligible to a bar- to a Barbadian passport that that basically yes, to, means to, to, that yes, they yes. can strip you of your citizenship yeah. if they want to yeah yeah so i haven't got one but because by their rules I, I, you know i have read up on it but i think it was descent from the father and mine's from my mother but i think they would probably rule that i could seek citizenship by descent from barbados now you might think you know I I have no plans to you know <laughs> do any crimes. <laughs> um, I know it's important to say that on the podcast <laughs> on the record. <laughs> yeah, it's important to say that, yeah. But you know, as we have seen, the only way these powers go is increasing powers for the Home Secretary and yeah. for the government. You know, and as we have discussed. We do not trust a Keir Starmer-led Labour government to reduce these powers in any way. So where is this going to lead us? Is it going to... And because the wording is so vague about what is 
you know, conducive to the public good, that leads to a lot of fear. And I think people yeah. are, are justified in that. And as we have seen, there have been deportation flights for people who were, you know, foreign uh, uh, nationals who were living in the UK. And people have been deported for traffic offences. Now, I, I'm assuming this is not, you know, doing 65 and a 50 or something like that. I'm assuming it's quite serious traffic offence. But people have been put on deportation flights for traffic offences. And, of course, like the case of Asim Brown was quite, quite uh, you know, well publicised recently and, and thankfully was actually overturned uh, after a huge campaign. But that was a a 21-year-old man with autism who was falsely accused of stealing his friend's Jeez. phone uh, and was uh, on the verge of being deported because of that. Uh, and was obviously, you know, like, as we've mentioned in the podcast before, like our, our second episode ever was with two of the people who took part in the, the yeah. Stansted 15 action, of course, um, you know, where they, where they stopped a deportation flight headed to West Africa. I, I know it's lib shit to like bring up like the cheese and wine stuff, but also crucially, it's now just accepted that every member of the government broke the law many times last year. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so you talk about you know like criminality being the the deciding factor yeah. here, like uh, that 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 being uh, what what your citizenship is is contingent on. I mean, it's 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 very precarious at the best of times. And I mean, the 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 rhetoric around this—that's the thing, you know. Like, um, you know, the the rhetoric around this is around, you know, like these are dangerous criminals, and you know, like, do you really? And and you you'll hear like the most heinous shit on stuff like talk radio and LBC, like, or do you really want to re- let these rapists back into your neighborhood? Like, like that's the kind mm-hmm. of language. That's the kind of thing that you know like these people will 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 talk about you know like and and that's the way that they kind of frame this entire thing where uh i mean first of all that's generally not even you know like who is being deported in the first place and secondly even if that those are their crimes they shouldn't be being fucking deported (laughs) and uh and thirdly uh you know it, it like the bottom line is that the you know with the expansion of these powers it Leads, leaves the door open to more and more and more people, yeah. you know, for, for, the, for the government to actually do this too. Um, and obviously right now with, you know, like you were saying, you know, with, with increasingly authoritarian laws being enacted by the government all around, you know, we've got this sort of unholy alliance of, uh, you know, like the, the um, PCSC bill, the mm-hmm. spy cops bill, the overseas forces bill, and now this, you know, like this, this is these have all been passed in the last year. Uh, I mean, this this is still undergoing its its second. Well, it's, it's about to have its second reading in the House of Lords and on the fifth of January. Um, but um, yeah, like you know, for example, you know, like uh, uh, curtailing the right to protest. You know, like essentially, yeah. you know, under the PCSC bill, uh, you know, if you make too much noise if you dis- cause too much disruption at a protest that's grounds for you to be arrested you know and, and so like that that yeah. essentially means that like anyone and i know that this is obviously not likely to happen to the majority of people right now at least you know under the current circumstances but the bottom line is that it is now fully legally sanctioned that like if you are a person of color first or second gen- generation migrant you could have even been born in this country and you go to a protest and that protest gets shut down and every one of that protests gets branded uh you know um a, a traitor or a you know because because of their their, their political uh stance or whatever uh then then you are eligible to be deported you know like and yeah 
like you know, I've talked in this on this podcast before about like my my own citizenship uh, uh, st- stories. I guess I, I don't know, but like like I you know because because I moved to this country when I was eight years old, and uh, like when I, when I was twelve. Uh, all four of us, we could have got British passports. Like this was back in 2002 still, the laws are different and we could have all got British passports. But my, my parents decided uh, to get uh, indefinite leave to remain instead because you can't, India doesn't have dual, nas- dual nationality. So they would have had to give up their Indian passports and they knew that they were going to go back to India. So, but, but you know, I ended up coming back here and, and one of the reasons I, you know, I, I came back here well, when I was finishing my university in the Netherlands was like, all right, I'll go back to like, I'll go back to London. I'll stay there for five years. I'll get my British citizenship and then I'll at least have access to Europe where the majority of my friends are. <laughs> and I, I thought that, I thought that back in, back in 2013, you know, I moved here in early 2014 and that seemed like a fairly reasonable thing to think. And now like I got, I actually got my citizenship and, and once again, like I was lucky enough, like super lucky to actually be able to uh, still pay for it um, because like it's, it's super fucking expensive. Like the entire cost, like yeah. with, like with the passport and everything, like, like like two and a half grand altogether like and like like that's one of the things that they introduce obviously with the the hostile environment is just the increasing of the fees you know is to like just price people out of being able to um uh get citizenship in this country you know like this is the like the the, uh, privilege not a right kind of thing right you know and uh and and like literally like I got my citizenship in 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 September, and like one of the main reasons I wanted to get it is like just just for like that finally just like a sense of security, you know, because up until then like if any like if like I was arrested for anything, you know, political dissent or whatever, like I, not not saying that like the feds are after me or anything, but I'm just saying like just you you don't want that possibility, you know, like it's not like other people don't have to worry about that, you know, and and like yeah. and, and and now. Like literally three months after I actually got my citizenship, it's it's like nothing fucking changed, and it's not just for me; it's for like nearly six million people in this country. You know? And it's just, it's just, I, I don't know. Like it sometimes, like yeah, <laughs> it just, uh, it, it all feels like a bit of a a, um, a, a Sisyphus kind of situation <laughs> somehow. <laughs> You know, on on the one hand, like there's there's all of this happening, and on, on the other hand, like back in India, they passed the, the Citizenship Amendment Act, and uh, that that uh, basically allows the government to strip the citizenship of Muslims. And my family is half Muslim. My dad's from a Muslim family, and my mom's from a Hindu family. So, um, like I like I was genuinely worrying during the application process. Like, what if they deny my citizenship, and then I have to go back to India, but then India denies my citizenship as well. <laughs> you know, like I genuinely was worrying about that for a while. I mean, obviously, it's it's very unlikely, and that that seems not to have happened yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like it's just uh, like th- that's the thing, you know. It's it's like Brit. It's not just isolated to Britain either. You know, like this this is definitely part of like a a, a broader. Um, attack on just just basic fundamental human rights uh, that that we're seeing yeah. from right wing governments around the world, and uh, like really like this this sort of laying of legal groundwork for way more way more dark <laughs> you know shit than, than what we've seen so far. Um, a, a couple of other things as well in the Nationality and Borders Bill that that we even like forgot to mention is uh, 
first of all, like along with the you know the overseas forces bill and the spy cops bill, which basically makes law enforcement officers immune to prosecution uh, for shit that's happened while they were undercover or while they were like serving abroad or whatever. So this includes violations of human rights, obviously, uh, and basically even killing people. And so now, uh, so the border force staff have now been granted immunity if people die in the channel during quote unquote pushback operations. And it, and it of course also criminalizes people for trying to help people trying to cross over. So uh, for like, this is why like the, the Royal National uh, Lifeboat Institute, the RNLI has been yeah. like under massive uh, attack from all sorts of racists uh, in, in recent months. Uh, and now like, really if, they are, if they are, if they help people uh, crossing over, which is literally their duty as the fucking Lifeboat Institute, uh, it is literally their fucking jobs. Um, then they the face RNLI, up to like- it's- it's really sort of the last institution left in this country which isn't, you know, dependent on profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overwhelmingly volunteers. It's the only kind of serious, important institution yeah. which is purely volunteer-led. And, like, a lot of, you know, like, a lot of the complaints about the cry laugh emoji Twitter, of course, that, like, you know, the structures of this country can't handle migration. And then their example of that is destroying these kind of institutions. I, I think I read that 180,000 people have been saved by the RNLI in its history. It's kind of fascinating. Mm. Actually, um, and it, the, you the have to remember that this is an island nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of important, I would say, to have this, exactly. have this service. <laughs> we would, maybe shouldn't set fire to that just to spite <laughs> foreigners. Like, that uh, might have some long-term repercussions. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, people face up to, like, 14 years in prison for helping. Jeez. Um, yeah, like, for, for, like for, for helping people cross over. And, and another big part of this bill is the introduction of offshore processing facilities. Um, so similar to what the Australian government has in places like Nauru and Manus, um, you know, which are home to like yep. some of the most horrendous widespread oh, abuses yeah. of human rights that you could imagine. Uh, like very little comes out of those places because, you know, like obviously all communication is, is blocked. But the little stuff that has come out, it's like really, really fucking horrible. Uh, and yep. that is like, that is a model that, you know, Brit Britain is is aiming for. Uh, they they they're, they're introducing this 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 points based immigration system. You know, like the best and the brightest. So, so like Australia is your model to to look to, isn't it? Is, the isn't the that most racist country, on earth, arguably. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just you know offshore processing centers and. And, you know, they have that campaign saying, no way, you will not make it to Australia. And, and that's what they're, they're emulating with no, with no kind of thought whatsoever as to what these people are facing. There's no empathy. There's no humanity. It's all about we need to keep our votes. Yeah. And what I really hate is when Pretty Patel talks about it's what the British people want. Well, I don't want it. So... Is is this what we do now? Is, is is you know? Is this we instead of showing some leadership, we and discussing all the ways about how we should be helping these people? 
we just appeal to the lowest common denominator to win some votes, isn't it? It's just really quite an upsetting state of affairs. And and the fact that we can't rely on Keir Starmer to do anything to turn this around is even more upsetting as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think internationally as well, this, the failure of the ostensibly more liberal countries, especially the EU, which is supposed to be a, a liberal institution, they, they're complete moral bankruptcy in dealing with migration. Mm-hmm. I mean, Frontex, obviously this big uh, agency, was set up in Poland. So Poland is a country which the EU itself no longer rec- recognises as a real democracy. Yeah. It is an authoritarian right. dictatorship, essentially. And so it's set up this gigantic agency which which oversees all all migration control over Europe in Poland. And of course, at the moment, it's flaring up a lot in Belarus. Mm-hmm. So it, make, it makes more sense mm-hmm. there. And obviously, Poland's close to there. But it also, it oversees the Mediterranean, all these... Yeah horrific human rights abuses uh it's overseen from uh krakow yeah and it's, it's 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 cowardly more than anything else it's a complete it's a complete uh failure to implement supposedly liberal values and and like with, with frontex it's like both the immigration enforcement as well as surveillance as well uh and so like you yeah. know uh companies like elbit for example which is like the israeli arms company you know, like they'll make drones for uh, Frontex to use uh, for, for monitoring the Mediterranean. Um, and so like it's all in part of like the same, like the military industrial complex. It's all kind of like yeah. interwoven with this detention deportation complex. And, you know, like just moving forwards as we are going to see increased migration, which is going to happen as a result of, of, of climate change. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this is very clearly the direction that, Europe, at least, and the majority of countries around the world, it seems, seem to be going. Um, like, like even with with the with this bill, for example, you know, like, um, it's 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 in its second reading right now with the House of Lords. There is maybe a possibility that mm. some of the very worst parts of it, like maybe like maybe clause nine, might get taken away, taken out. Maybe, maybe if there's like sufficient campaigning. There does seem to be like quite a bit of a public outcry about it, so maybe. But like that would be like one thing, you know. Like um, the Brit would still retain the right to uh, strip the citizenship of of loads of other people, and they've shown that they can just do it even if it's not in the fucking law. (laughs) Like if they want to, if they want to, you know. Um, That's that's what they did to Shamim Begum, and and um, so like it's gonna be grim, grim to see all the blue ticks like begging Ian Austin to reconsider his decision to, like, to vote for it. Like, Jesus. Can, Lord Sugar. Can, can, like, these kind of figures. Can you fucking imagine, you know? Like, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just, it's 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 yeah. just, it's just beyond pathetic. And like, yeah, it's just like a really, yeah, maybe it's it's difficult to sort of end on a, on a positive note for today because like, it's just like very yeah. difficult to <laughs> see like, like this is like the most optimistic possible outcome that i can see is like yeah like maybe like one of the worst clauses is taken out of the bill but otherwise it obviously goes through anyway you know uh and and like you said you know that's what happens when you have a a far-right tory party with an atc majority you know you know it's it's as simple as that and yeah to everyone that enabled that 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, 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 and and this is what we, I mean. We, we will never forgive the you. whole. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and yeah, and this is this is what you know. The whole you know you mentioned about Europe as well is you know the whole F FBPE yeah. Twitter yeah. and you know and and they're hand wringing and crying over the you know the fact we're no longer in the EU. Um, you know, I voted to, to remain. Because I knew if we didn't, I knew that things would get considerably worse in this country. Being a more insular, you know, you know, white nationalist, you know, nation, and 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 and, and that's what's happening. Um, but the EU, exactly, you know, bastion <laughs> no. of you know morality. You know, that they they had a commissioner, didn't they, that was looking at the immigration problem. And the commission was called protecting our way of life. Jesus. And as I as I always say on Twitter, you know, you know, you get a lot of the FBPE crowd going, "Oh yes, I'm a European." You know, we have so much in common. I was like, "Oh really? What European language can you speak?" <laughs> you know, how much of the culture do you know? You know so, they yeah. just like to have yeah. a little nice get, wine from but, time to time. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like. Can you speak Estonian? <laughs> you know, and it's like I have more in common with somebody from Barbados than somebody um, from, you know, a lot of you know European, the European countries, right? And it's I always say, what you have in common with these people is that you are you are white, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people get a bit upset when you point that out. Um, you know, you don't know the language, you, you know, you don't know the culture. And a lot of people get culture shock when they go to the European countries. I had a, a friend who went to live in, you know, in France, and he couldn't believe it. You know, the difference in culture. He found it quite, you know, discombobulated. Oh, and and, and a lot Even of this, uh, every lot, like really showed their asses as well when it came to like, oh, they like first of all, like realizing that like white Europeans are now getting the same treatment as, like, black and brown people. Like, not even the yeah. same, like, a, a fraction of the same treatment that, like, black and brown people have been having for, like, decades. Um, and, and also, like, saying stuff like, it's oh, like, where, where we you? used to get migrants from Europe. Now we now they're bringing them in from India? Like... Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Cool. And it's going to be very interesting... Um, uh, as we get, you know, immigration from Hong Kong, how that is going to play out, that's going to be very interesting. Um, because, you know, on the one hand, it's all about restricting migration, but on the other hand, um, you know, you, they have this policy you know, with Hong Kong and what the reaction to that is going to be from our, our, our racist oh, yeah. friends. It's going to be yeah, very yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny yes. to um, when so. you see the FBP sort of imply that you know having a more restrictive border, uh, you know, mildly inconveniencing their ski holidays is somehow comparable to like the people in El Howl or whatever. Yeah. Like, you've just escaped <laughs> Iraq. Like, I I understand. I've got solidarity with these people. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's like my, my, my yeah, my, my child can't do Iraq anymore. Oh my god, <laughs> but. Oh my uh, gosh! You know, some people have yeah, yes, yeah. So, so yes, yeah. I, I think yeah. What, what can we be positive about? I mean, like you, I am struggling yeah. because <laughs> you know, if if you see the, the 
you know, non-existent response from Keir Starmer to any of these issues. You know, he completely messed up the whole Black Lives Matter yeah. situation last year, didn't he? When one minute he was kneeling and next minute he was calling it a moment. Um, and then he was, you know, well, he saying that people who... Well, didn't he? The, the, the political demands he described as nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. So all these, all these black a- 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 academics who have been working on issues such as, uh, you know, police defunding and abolition for years, they're all talking nonsense, are they, Keir? You know, and, and that was his engagement, nonsense. Um, and I just don't feel that Keir is, you know, you know very comfortable with these um, issues at all. Well, I just think he's just, yeah, like, he's generally a very extreme. uncomfortable man. Have you, have you ever seen him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah. I've never seen yeah. anyone all, just, like, look so flustered, like, at all times. Yeah. <laughs> he just always looks like he's under the spot. Like, even if, like, you're asking yeah. the most basic question, like, he will just not be able to give you a straight answer. And he just, like, always looks panicked, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> but, yeah, I was good. And he's like, mate, um... You were barrister. <laughs> you you were you were you were the um you know um what, the, 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 what head of, the head of the head of the the crown prosecution prosecution DPP crown prosecution yeah. service yeah so exactly why is he like caught in the headlines why <laughs> is he so uncomfortable I I have absolutely no idea. What, what I was going to say, though, Marcus, is, uh, yeah, like, in terms of, like, reasons to be hopeful, maybe you you want to tell us, uh, tell our listeners, I mean, you've been mentioning it a little bit so far already, but, like, uh, tell our listeners a bit about, like, the, the kind of campaigning work that, that Samantha's been doing with Media Diversified in response to this bill right now. Yeah. So, I think the reasons to be cheerful is that we do not, like, 25 years ago, have to rely on mainstream media publications by writing a letter to the editor and hoping it gets published, right? We have tools at our disposal. You know, we have other, you know, we have other media that is getting the message out. Obviously, we media diversified. You know, it, it had to be closed down due to lack of funds, but there were other sites that um, have been inspired or you know were working alongside us. Um, other you know left wing sites have been you know, beating the drum about these issues. And the thing about it is, is that we, in, a, in, a, in our own small way, even if you're just a person with a Twitter account and a few thousand followers, you are influencing the debate because it's, it's quite interesting how many times my tweets get stolen and put in an article <laughs> yeah. or I get contacted by a journalist, yeah? So I think people say, oh, yeah, Twitter's just shouting into the void and it's not. It really isn't. And I think people need to think that when we are talking about these issues, you are being watched. I mean, I haven't been from my followers list for ages, but it was interesting how many journalists were following me. And I, I was talking about Windrush and, 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 you know, what this actually meant. And, you know, I was invited onto, you know, to write articles for Media Diversify, which is, you know, and, you know, and panel events and so on. So I think, Yes, I think there's this thought at the moment is that can you rely on party politics? And at the moment, it seems like, you know, we, and when I say we, I think especially, you know, people that to the left and people, you know, people of colour in particular, no, we can't. And 
so we have to use the tools that are at our disposal. And I think Sam is is brilliant at that. She's a great campaigner. You know, she's all, she she's trying to, you know, boost the opposition to the bill. She's contacting all you know different groups. She's you know lobbying the you know various members of the House of Lords to try and get this overturned. And it's a great example of how online campaigning uh, can work. And we've seen that in our own work, Media Diversified. You know, we've written articles, campaigned on things, and in our own small way, have had injustices overturned. So I think, yes, people mock Twitter. They mock, you know, people that are using social media for campaigning. And it's like, yeah, you're mocking us, but at the same time, you're stealing our um, ideas, you're stealing our yeah, tweets, yeah. and you're you're being inspired by us. So, you know, is is it all useless? Really, I'd I'd say not. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like I mentioned earlier as well, like the Asim Brown campaign that was overturned after a like a very hard fought campaign. I mean, these things definitely, you know, we we can definitely still make an impact with the stuff like obviously like i was saying with uh, the this this bill in particular it is difficult to see it like the whole bill itself being overturned like maybe just some of the worst excesses but that still means that we should campaign to have those excesses if that's like the if that's the most that we're going to get right now then we should still fucking fight for it and uh, we yeah. should be campaigning for that exactly and we should be um and we should be you know taking to the streets you know there, there's going to be protests about this as well uh especially around the time of the the the, the uh second reading so in the new year so you know people should be taking to the streets when when that happens uh um but um yeah, yeah. definitely like I, 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 I think it's what you take from it is is that yes you know joining your local labor party might not be the answer uh but finding your you know finding solidarity with other people and that's why you know we've got to get beyond some of our differences on twitter um, you know, because it can all get quite fragmented, can't it? It's like, oh yeah, you know, they don't understand our issues, but I think we need to, um, yeah, just you know, just find solidarity really with like-minded people and say we do, you know, we do have a voice in this country. It might not necessarily be in our right-wing media or even in the Guardian, but um, yeah, you know, there are ways we can campaign. We might not um, own tv stations or newspapers but we can definitely influence the agenda and i don't think people should feel entirely powerless yeah definitely not so that's, my, <laughs> that's my positive no for thought. sure for sure <laughs> and like you know even just beyond uh you know influencing the the wider agenda which can be something maybe a little bit more abstract and like difficult to quantify sometimes but obviously still very important even beyond that as well like there are refugee support groups literally everywhere in the country like and, and mm, if people want totally. to if people Doing want to get work. involved like provide mutual aid volunteer like there's plenty of opportunities to do that you know like uh, ev everywhere yeah or, or um, even just or like yeah. anti raids or even just set up a groups and things like that so yeah. like yeah uh <laughs> or even if you can't if you have yeah. the means set to, up to, a to support demo, exactly that, you know that's exactly. doing something give your time yeah your 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 funds are definitely appreciated by these groups you know so like um yeah like there, there, there's there you know there, there's plenty of ways to still fight back against this and yeah we absolutely have to mm. we can't stop at any point um yeah but definitely. um 
good. I think that yeah, that that is our that is our hopeful end of the episode. I think like I don't know if you guys uh, had yeah. uh, much more to say, but I think that would otherwise be like probably the nicest note that we could end an otherwise very depressing episode on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, was just gonna say yeah, just just a massive thanks, Marcus, for for, for today. It's been this. Nope, really, that's fine. Really great, and uh, yeah, any sort of uh, social media plugs or anything else before we wrap up? Where can people find you, etc. Social media plugs. Uh, you can follow Media Diversified uh, on Twitter, which is at Writers of Color. You can also follow uh, on Instagram, which is the same um, as well, Writers of Color. Uh, visit the website, which is mediadiversified.org. And there's a vast archive in there. Obviously, you know, there's your article, isn't there, of course? So exactly. that's there. Um, so, so, so there's some really good articles on there and they're still relevant, even though some of them are, you know, are, you know, two years old, uh, most of them are. And there's a academic section and there's some really powerful writing uh, about history, about sides of history I, I didn't even know about. So I would say go and visit the archive, have a look there. Um, keep, keep an eye out on what's happening with the Nationality and Boards and Bills. So yes, we're, we're kind of activated for this bill at the moment. Who knows uh, you know, what the future holds. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, pays a visit, show some support. Definitely. We'll, we'll obviously link all of this stuff as well when we post the episode. But yeah, just doing really great work. And like I mentioned as well, Samantha's been like campaigning pretty tirelessly um, uh, against this bill. So like, yeah, doing amazing work um so yeah. yeah just just once again a huge thanks for today it's been been really great um as always i'm arjan at arjanistan on twitter and i'm rory at adam wagner one <laughs> yeah and if, if 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 you want to want to if you want to follow me, I'm warning you there will be tweets about Whitney Houston on there as well as my politics. And and, and <laughs> pictures and at... some amazing dog pictures. <laughs> yes, there's lots, lots of there's lots of cute there's cute puppy yes. pics as well. So so there is um so so that's it, Mar- Marcus JDL. So have, you know, follow me there. Um, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of really good '90s R&B content as well, uh, and uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are at Leftover Pod on Twitter and on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Leftover Pod. Our <clears throat> Patreon episode is uh, going to come out next week, so keep an eye out for that. As well as, like mentioned before, a written content in the new year. So a huge thanks to everyone that's supporting us. A big thanks to uh yeah if you're able to help and 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 i have thought about it and like what we do please do it helps us a lot as well and uh yeah massive massive thanks to connor for the production huge thanks to cardio for the music uh big thanks to all of you for listening and we'll catch you all next time cheers Instead of all
ship All of his passengers escaped to safety But he was not done with his trip He looked up and smiled, asked me how do you do I told him I'm losing my grip He told me, son, if you want to hold on to yourself Then let yourself slip I find 